Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now it's time for this. News Talk's Executive Chair. Thanks to Skillnet Ireland, driving business success through innovative training and upskilling. And I'm delighted to welcome to the Executive Chair this week, David Warwick. He's the Executive Vice President of Overhaul. David, you're very welcome to the programme. Thanks, Bobby. Great to be here. Now, it's been a long and varied journey. We have to start in Belfast, where you grew up. Uh, You studied engineering in the University of Ulster. And then it was off to Hong Kong, I believe, to work as a project engineer. Is that a, a good su- summary of the early years? That's a great way to, that's a great way to start. Um, I, I think my very first job was actually for Coca-Cola, uh, Coca-Cola Ulster Bottlers, um, up in Lambeg, just outside Belfast on the high volume production line. And just to date myself, it was the introduction of the 500 milliliter plastic bottle. Wow. So that was kind of the, <laughs> the, uh, the start of journey in supply chain. And then I, I went to work with this uh, very small uh, little Belfast company called Rotary International. Now, they were on the world stage. They uh, they did a lot of work internationally for the, the British Foreign and Commonwealth Office. Um, but as I was leaving college, there was an opportunity to go and work for Coca-Cola. But this little Belfast company had just won the contract for the new Hong Kong airport. Wow. And if, if, you, if you recall, it was uh, just a couple of years before the Chinese handover. And they built an island and then built an airport on top of it. So it was the biggest construction job in the world at the time. Wow. And this crazy group of people from Belfast were the ones responsible for the electrical and mechanical installation. And they said, hey, do you want to go and live in Hong Kong for a while? And, you know, I was fresh out of college, 22 years old, um, an expat ticket uh, to the other side of the world. It seemed like a great idea. Uh, why not? And from there, you ended up in Anderson Consulting. Is that right after that? Yeah, co- international construction is a lot of fun, but it's a it's a, it's a pretty tough life. I'd imagine. And, uh, and I decided I should probably get a real job. So I joined Anderson Consulting here in Dublin, um, which is now known as Accenture, as a management consultant uh, in the late 90s. Where you borrowed people's watch and told them the time, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, uh, but I was incredibly good at telling the time, so that, that made it all work. And my last role with Anderson <clears throat> Consulting was actually working for this new company that not many people knew about called Microsoft, who had a manufacturing base up in Sandyford. And they brought me in. Microsoft had just gone from in-source to outsource, and they were having some challenges, and they brought me in as a consultant um, to help Microsoft uh, fix that. Uh, as I was about to roll off, uh, that consulting job, because I told everybody at the time at that stage, um, uh, Microsoft said, well, hey, why don't you stay? Um, and I kind of looked around and thought, this company is interesting. There's a lot of things happening. So, OK, I'll, I'll stay for two years and see what happens. And that was 23 years ago. And, and just to go back to those early Microsoft days, you know, where there wasn't a lot of people up in Sandyford, there was all this groundbreaking stuff happening. You know, it was the leading edge in technology. It must have been, now, when you look back at it now, it must have been a very exciting time. It, it was it was an incredibly exciting time, but you got to remember in 1999, you still had to tell people what Microsoft did. Right. Um, Windows was becoming more prevalent. Windows 95 had launched. Office was starting to become uh, a mainstream product, 
But people were still, Microsoft, really? I don't, what do they do? Is that computers? And you still had to explain it. And our products back then were the big boxes of software. Yeah. So, a, a, you know, a bunch of disks and a bunch of big, thick In a huge box. In a huge box. <laughs> and that was what Microsoft was. And so joining at that time, it was incredible because we were starting to, you know, get market share. We were becoming a big name. The internet was kicking off. There was a lot of, a lot of really interesting things happening. So you found yourself in the area of supply chain and, and it's interesting to talk supply chain because when we look at, I suppose, maybe the last couple of years, the bottlenecks we've seen, the issues that we've seen. So you've been in this game a long time. So what do you think kind of led us to the status quo around supply chain uh, and the congestion and the the ships waiting outside harbours and no chips being available, all that kind of stuff. Like, did that come, did that happen overnight or could you foresee any of that? I, I think the, the way to think about it is supply chain was always quite fragile. Um, it had been built around, you know, with the evolution of Chinese manufacturing and offshoring, um, an ecosystem had been developed, which was all about just in time from the old Toyota days. It was build it, ship it really quickly, get it to the customer really quickly. That built some level of fragility into the supply chain because it's okay if everything's working as yeah. it should. But then disruption started to happen. COVID being uh, you know, absolutely the, the crux where consumer demand went absolutely rocketed. There was already ships backed up off of Long Beach and the west coast of the United States into Rotterdam and the big ports around Europe. And so what happened was an acceleration of a lot of small problems into the gargantuan supply chain challenges that we see today. And when you stand back from that now, Davis, and you look at, is there maybe a move towards more localised manufacturing? Is there, you know, with, with the sustainability agenda that's out there, is there a move towards, you know, localising everything? Like, could there be an upside around this that we might start making things in Ireland again? I mean, it's a it's a great question, Bobby, and and you gotta you gotta understand, none of these things will happen overnight. What the, what has happened in the last couple of years is that the biggest companies in the world have had to take a hard look at globalisation, and even in the last week, you've heard Intel come out and say that global supply chain needs to be more balanced. I think it will evolve again. I think what will happen is we'll see more semi-finished goods shipping from uh, you know the so Southern Asia into the US, into Ireland, into Europe for that last mile finishing. Customers are looking for more customization of the products. And so it's going to be easier to do that closer to the customer as opposed to creating finished goods in China. So is there an opportunity for more, if you like, localization and bringing some of that manufacturing back? I would say never say never, but it's going to be an evolution. Right. Okay. And and do you think then that companies may have to review, you know, this just in time philosophy and, you know, stockholding and things like that will have to become maybe that might seem like a backward step, but you know, if you if you if you have to hold stock and you can meet your sales commitments Maybe it isn't the worst thing in the world. I think that what you're seeing now is a lot of discussions happening in the supply chain realm of, okay, what we're doing isn't working. How do we do something different? How do we build this this um, this feeling of resilience? And that would the easy default is to build more inventory. If we have it, then we can stockpile it and then we'll never miss a seal. 
But that's not really the answer. This is where technology really comes in as the savior. It, technology is the great enabler here because, you know, even in the in the depths of the pandemic, um, I was working with a lot of big companies around the world. Um, one of the biggest bakeries in the world. Um, I remember a conversation with the chief supply chain officer and he said, listen, I can manufacture as much as I ever could. Manufacturing is not my problem. The problem is I don't know where to put it. Yeah. I don't know actually know where to send these products and they have a shelf life. So I can't just hold them indefinitely waiting to see what happens. But the enabler there is technology. If you start to understand every time you pass a cash register, that's a transaction. That transaction is not just a method of payment. It's actually a signal that uh, inventory has been consumed. Yeah. If you're able to harness mm. these signals, they actually create this beautiful demand uh, need from a supply chain perspective, which can then be predicted. And so technology plays this incredible role yeah. now in terms of actually, you know, digitizing the supply chain but really digitizing inventory and and reducing a lot of these problems because we're still solving them the old way. We don't have enough. We'll build more than we need and then we'll <laughs> yeah. hold it and see what happens. I, I just, you know, it's like... It's not this, the answer. This, no, this is, yeah. this is not going to work. Tell us then a little bit about overall the business. Um, again, after 23 odd years in Microsoft, you went on to do something new. So, I mean, part of my uh, part of my role in Microsoft uh, over the last couple of years has been as a supply chain technology officer. And that role was to look forward in the industry and understand the impact um, that technology would be able to play in terms of solving supply chain issues. Um, I retired from Microsoft in February this year. I decided 23 years was enough. And I just didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, and, and so in that, you know, in those conversations, I'd been working with a lot of um, startup and early stage companies and Overhaul was one of those companies that said, hey, we're doing something really exciting. We're all about visibility. We're about compliance. We're about security. We're about insurance. We are the ones who actually look at that transportation network, give big companies visibility to where their products are, but keep them safe and secure. And we are effectively digitizing the supply chain because we look at everything as a signal. And that was what I'd been talking about in the industry. It's what got me excited. And I know that this is where the future is going. So I thought it's time for me to play a role in that again. So it, not to oversimplify it, but is, is, is it digitized logistics? Yes. Is that effectively what we're talking about That's here? That's a lovely way to put it, which is, you know what? It's not, just, it's not just containers. It's understanding where they are, where they're going to, how they're transacting, keeping them safe and secure. And understanding in this new world, this new digital first world, where everything has a signal, you can capture those signals and do something really creative with them. You can understand what's happening. And if you understand enough about what's happening, you're going to be able to predict what's going to happen next. Now, uh, we always like to ask about a, a, an interesting fact about the uh, about the candidate and your, yours relates back to your Microsoft days. You've worked on every Microsoft launch since Windows 2000 and that's got to be, there's got to be a story in itself in that. I mean, when I, I, you know, again, when I first joined it was Big Box Software, I was one of the early project managers on the Xbox project, building manufacturing plants all over the world. Um, the Nokia acquisition, uh, the new Surface products. I've been through three CEOs in Microsoft. So when I first joined, Bill Gates was still the CEO, then Steve Ballmer, and then uh, Satya Nadella. So I've, I'm one of the few who's lived through all three CEOs, but being part of every single launch of every Microsoft product and knowing that those products touch billions of people around the world, it's it was an incredible journey and one that I'm very proud of. 
Okay, well, it's a real pleasure to meet you. Uh, David Warwick, uh, Executive Vice President of Overhaul, uh, former uh, Microsoft Logistics man. Uh, Great to talk to you today. Thanks so much, Bobby, for inviting me in. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.